0: Day 296, 309 days since Joey said he wouldn't do it, Abandoned Americans behind enemy lines in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan, and there they are, there they stay, there they remain, and even Winkin' Tony Blinken admitted that they're still there just, what, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Before we get started, and we're going to take a broad, big picture of what is emerging as the Democratic Party's strategy for the upcoming midterm elections— I don't think any of it's going to work. I'll say that up front. And I, I just want you to keep, as we get into this, keep in your mind the following numbers. When Joe Biden became president on day one, the average national cost of a gallon of gasoline was $2.39. Those We refer to those now as the good old days. Today's national average is 4 dollars eighty. Six cents a gallon There are places now with, with gasoline costing over eight bucks a gallon. There are more states over six bucks a gallon than I can even count at this point. That is a 129 percent increase. Now, if we just went back to the policies of Trump on energy alone, and we didn't artificially reduce the supply of energy, we would immediate, that would have a great and dramatic impact on inflation. And it would it would help reduce the cost of every item we buy because every item we buy at every store that we go to is usually getting there because some some great American and an eighteen wheeler gets it there, but they're not gonna they, they don't deserve to be paid less, especially in these inflationary times. They're not gonna charge less. Trucking companies are gonna charge less. They they have to pass those costs on to the consumer. That would be us, or else they'll go belly up and nobody's working that hard to, to for charity. They, they, they can't afford to do it. So the obvious answer is this is what it is. Now, I say that, and then I've got a lot of other information I'm going to pass on to you today about this, because it looks like what is emerging with the Democratic Party is a, a, a four-pronged strategy. Number one is if Roe is, as we anticipate, overturned, they're going to try to motivate a country saying, "See, look at what Republicans have done. Abortion is illegal. We're going to have, you know, look at, look at what they were painting in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. You know, coat hangers, back alley abortions, all of the rhetoric I told you we'd hear, all the things I knew they'd say. They started saying it almost immediately. And but here's what's going to happen between now and then. Between now and then, something is going to happen, and that's called it's going to dawn on the American people." That this right that Roe gave Americans, the right to an abortion, is not enumerated in the Constitution. Then we move to to the the 10th Amendment of the Constitution. Every item not dealt with, that goes back to the states. So if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, it is perfectly constitutional to let the states decide. And then the American people on that issue, it will dawn on them, oh, I live in New York. Uh... Abortion is going to be legal here, uh, even up until probably what the the moment before birth, as some other states have and and so on and so on and so on. Now, different states will have different laws. Uh, will any one state completely restrict abortion? I don't think so. Maybe one or two, maybe three. I don't think any more than that. But there'll be restrictions on, you know, going back to the Clinton era. This is how far the the Democratic Party has come from, even Clinton which is abortion should should be legal, safe, and rare, and I'll add a word, early if you consider yourself pro-choice. I am pro-life. I I take a very pro-life position. Uh, But I make exceptions for rape, incest, and the mother's life. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Americans will know before Election Day that all of this rhetoric, all of this hyperbole that is being spewed all over the cable airwaves and by liberal Democrats is just not true it will dawn on them that abortion is not illegal in America. So we'll put that issue off to the side for a minute. Then they're going to go after the Second Amendment. Americans are not going to sacrifice their Second Amendment rights for all of the reasons we've discussed since what happened in Uvalde. I have a case, actually, that I'll, I'll get to later in the program today, where there was an incident where uh, a shooting took place, and if it wasn't for an armed citizen, this is in West Virginia, uh, 20 or 30 people could have been killed, but that armed citizen took it upon herself in this particular case and prevented a mass casualty. And even the CDC points out, on average, what, two and a half million, if my statistics are still in my brain from last week, times a year, that that happens. So Americans, that's not going to get them the holy grail. That's not going to be the wedge issue they think it's going to be. Especially the party that is all for coddling criminals, defunding, dismantling police departments, and are for these crazy and insane no-bail laws. That's not going to fly either. So the third bucket of things that they're looking at is, okay, we're going to go to the January 6th committee. We're going to look at Donald Trump. We're going to call it sedition. We're going to call it insurrection. And I'll get into that in more detail in a second. That's not going to happen either. Because these are the same people... That didn't say a word, or if they did, they only openly supported the riots in the summer of 2020. And I'll, I'll go through all the numbers with, with you and for you so you understand, you know, why is it they only care about the one incident of violence and they ignore the, you know, nearly 700 riots in the summer of 2020 that killed dozens of Americans, injured thousands of police officers, and caused billions in property damage. So Americans are going to understand that this is completely political. There's, you know they wanted to have Jim Jordan and Jim Banks on the panel, they they would not allow that to happen. They're not going to interview Nancy Pelosi. They're not going to interview Muriel Bowser. If they really wanted to keep the Capitol safe, which I think they should, uh, I think you need the similar types of protections like you have around the White House. That's what I would provide our elected officials, and that means have a system, and then also have at your avail the ability to call up if there's any protests going on in the city, the ability to call up National Guard troops so we can never let something like that happen again. But that would be the same with the summer rioting of 2020. Just basic, simple, obvious, commonsensical points. But, of course, I don't think they're looking for solutions. This is like the third impeachment of Donald Trump. So, you know, they're, the main questions that they're not going to ask, let me, let me go to interviews that I've done because I think they're very revealing. And what we now know, what we didn't know, is that two days before January 6th, as required by law, President Donald Trump authorized up to 20,000 troops to be made available to D.C. knowing we came off the summer of 2020 rioting Knowing tensions in the country were high, knowing that they were going to march to the Capitol, he made this authorization. The defense secretary, the, de- the chief of staff of the defense secretary, the chief of staff of the president, Mark Meadows, and the president himself, have all confirmed this for me. I have, for example, the, the chief of staff for the defense department, Cash uh, uh, Patel, this is what he said about the president authorizing, remember, if the argument is going to be Donald Trump wanted this, Donald Trump caused this, Donald Trump incited this, this is sedition, this this is an insurrection, then why did he authorize up to 20,000 troops? Now, you need to know this one part. After he authorized that, that process is completely out of his power. The jurisdiction to actually call them up after he authorized it, as required by law, would lay... In the hands of the Speaker of the House, who's in charge of safety of the Capitol, Nancy Pelosi, and the D.C. mayor, who, in writing, rejected the calling up of the National Guard troops. Anyway, here's Cash Patel, Mark Meadows and Donald Trump himself confirming this. You have a timeline of the events that day and you were backed up by the inspector general of the Department of Defense in terms of you taking the right actions. My question to you is what is in that timeline that people need to know? No, fantastic question. It's backed up by writing. Mayor Bowser's written refusal, the communications between the leader of the Capitol Police and their chain of command to the DOD refusing our request to allow National Guards men and women to stage on January 4 and 5 before January 6. That's in the timeline. The repeated written request refusals are there along with the chain of command that the DOD followed. And I'll leave you with this, Sean, the biggest thing. The DOD is the only no-fail mission on God's green earth. And we were proven right that we acted uh, lawfully on January 6th under the law and under President Trump's authority. Well, it doesn't and that sound, is something that's in the timeline it, as well. It, it sounds like they weren't interested. Is it fair then to conclude that had Donald Trump's request uh, for National Guard troops two days before the 6th, had the mayor of D.C. approved it, Nancy Pelosi approved it, is it, is it a safe assumption that What happened on January 6th wouldn't have happened? Well, I'll leave it to your viewers to picture 10,000 to 20,000 uniformed military officers trained to protect not just property, but personnel surrounding the United States Capitol. I can't imagine a force in the universe that could get through that. Did he or did he not ask for the National Guard knowing that there would be big crowds in D.C. beforehand? Well, uh, Sean, you've reported on this before. Uh, You know, it doesn't get much attention. I can tell you that uh, not only did Donald Trump uh, want to make sure the National Guard was available, uh, he repeated that a number of times. And I think that there are a number of people that he's communicated with that can back uh, me up on that particular uh, assessment. We said to the uh, Department of Defense, the top person, uh, days before we had the rally, because that rally was massive. And I said that I think you should have 10,000. I think I gave the number. I definitely gave the number of 10,000 uh, National Guardsmen. I think you should have 10,000 of the National Guard ready. Uh, they took that number, from what I understand. They gave it to the people at the Capitol, which is controlled by Pelosi. And I heard they rejected it because they didn't it look good. So now the January 6th committee, bucket number one. Remember, this is what the Democrats are hoping and pinning all their hopes on winning this midterm election on. On abortion, on gun control, on this January 6th hearing, and then the last would be their normal playbook. Republicans are racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, transphobic. They want dirty air and water, and they want granny and grandpa thrown over a cliff by a Donald Trump lookalike. So now we're discovering that... They won't even ask Nancy Pelosi, why didn't you call up the troops that Donald Trump authorized? Why, Muriel Bowser, did you, in writing, reject the troops that would have prevented January 6th? You know, the things that they want to do now are beginning to come to light. I'll get to that in a second. They don't want to talk to the people that had the power and ability and the authorization to protect the Capitol. Um... They have a new agenda that's emerging, which, by the way, is led by uh, Jamie Raskin. He wants the January 6th committee to abolish the Electoral College. He calls it an undemocratic relic. And, you know, it's it's basically now become this is what they're pinning their hopes on. And they've even hired the former ABC News president to produce this primetime extravaganza on Thursday, hoping that the nation will have a a new perspective on this well if you don't ask the pertinent questions how do you how do you lay the blame of sedition and the insurrection on the guy that authorized the the calling up of troops uh, That that's a pretty hard question to overcome anyway eight hundred nine four one 941 sean if you want to be a part of the program i think the answer is obvious listen in these troubled economic times and things are getting worse by the hour look verizon at&t t-mobile are charging you a premium every month for data you're not using. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead, you know, of paying like 89 bucks a month to your current provider, you can pay 20 bucks for Pure Talk and get the things that you actually use and need. I made the switch, uh, and I know a lot of people are nervous in the beginning, well, is the coverage going to be that good? Well, you get the exact same cell towers, the exact same 5G network. Uh, You don't drop calls, the same number of bars, the same phone, the same phone number. So the average family is saving close to $1,000 a year, and many are even saving more. Now, there's a no-risk money-back guarantee. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month if you dial pound 250, say the keyword save now. That's real money in your pocket for the exact same service. Pound 250 on your cell, keyword save now.